With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, fellow quack addicts. David Piper, Rusty Ryan, Sling and Quack. A lot of quack. We got some off-season football quack. Some pro duck quack, some basketball quack. We got we got a variety today. Yes, it's uh we we got to make it good. It's my finale. I know, which is such a bummer. I tried to pull out all the stops, so like the liner of my jacket and, and trench coat is just filled with different types of quack. All I I'll I'll. I'll... All I ask is that when people listen to this, they pour one out for me. (laughs) One for me, and one for Dave. Make make it good, though. I don't. I don't. I don't do that. No. (laughs) But if you were to work in beer, it's not. Yeah. So, what do we want to start with? Let's we'll start with basketball. Um, let's do because basketball big win this weekend. Basketball was huge, the biggest. Um, first off, first off, uh, taking the tickets down to fifteen bucks and putting a trophy in there for people to look at—they packed that house. It it was such a noticeable difference. Um, even watching from home in terms of volume and just the number of people there, like it was huge. It's crazy when you don't overprice tickets like people buy them. Um, I had I had to I was out and I had to listen to this one on the radio. Uh huh. But the the difference in the energy of the crowd and just the noise level of the crowd was palpable on the radio. So noticeable. I mean, so on TV very it was noticeable. Um, and Oregon played really well. Uh. Yeah. Took down a top 10 team. They finally got like that marquee win. Mm-hmm. First win really over like a top 40 a, team. A missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they are right there on the bubble. Oh, yeah. You know, I, they're kind of in that last four in area on pretty much everybody's predictions. Um, but again, when you look through what happened in the off season, and you would tell me that, um, oh wow, like this team is going to be like heading into the last couple weeks of the season with a legit chance to make the NCAA tournament, which is crazy, which is crazy, um, with no depth and a bunch of freshmen, and um, they're and they're really playing good basketball. Like the defense is finally starting to come around. Uh, this team is really, really good and efficient offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're starting to get the Altman system on defense with the mixing defenses and mm-hmm. whatnot. It, I mean, now three games left on the road, but if you win two of those three and you can pick up a game or two in the Pac-12 tournament, 
I mean, you're right there on Selection Sunday with a chance to get in. Yeah, I saw some people, like, some people were saying that Oregon was on the bubble before the win against Utah. And I saw some projections have them being a 12 seed. So, I mean, it's just, it's so weird to me that this team is performing at such, like, a high level compared to where we started our expectations at the beginning of the year. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, if you, if you just... Sorry, we lost you there. Okay, until Dave comes back on. Um, like, it seems like with these players, one of the big strengths has been that they're so good at, like, maximizing their strengths and really minimizing their weaknesses. There doesn't seem to be really anybody that's playing um, outside of their skill set. Like, Joseph Young has been the playmaker um, to make plays. Uh, Abdul Bassett has played really well. Bell is like a young T-Rob. Um, a lot of the players are really just playing to the best of their abilities. Sure. I mean, you know, and, th- and then you look at a guy like Elgin Cook, and he's one of the more dynamic guys on the team who can make plays on his own. But then but then you have the other guys, the role players, the Roy's, the Bensons, um, and guys like that. And, you know, they can all they can all stick that three, which is huge. So you have... You have your your playmakers that can finish, but when they kick out to wide open guys, I mean, those are all guys that can put the ball in the hoop. Yeah, and that is that is something uh, that's really big in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, even more so than in the NBA. Yeah, I think so. this team has also done like a really good job of either getting to the rim or shooting threes. And I know advanced stats like absolutely love that ideology and yeah it's unlike, the houston rocket uh ideology right and unlike charles barkley i think analytics is like very important and very insightful like that's, that's kind of what bugs me about lamarcus aldridge is that he takes like the, the most inefficient shots yeah so unless you're like lamarcus aldridge yeah you can hit him at the rate he does mm-hmm. it's just not a super shot from us right but yeah i mean so you know this is this is what oregon's got left they've got the dreaded bay area road trip which they are terrible on they haven't swept that trip since the 70s when was the last time they beat cal at cal uh, um a long time ago <laughs> well so they'd gone forever without beating stanford at stanford uh-huh and then altman broke that streak uh-huh um they'd gone since the 80s without doing that cal i mean I don't think Altman's beaten Cal at Cal. Right. That's been the thing for a while. We just Cal. can't win at Cal. <laughs> um, Cal's not very good this year, though. So, Man. Oh. Still scary. It, it's still, it's still, Berkeley's still one of those Twilight Zone areas. Yeah. And then we have to go into uh, Corvallis after that and play... Uh, The Tinkle defense. <laughs> I don't get that joke. Which is really, really good. Um, is Tinkle their head coach? Yes. Okay. I didn't know if that was like a joke. It just sounded funny. That's why I laughed. Somebody hasn't been paying attention. Nope. 
<laughs> I watch Oregon basketball, and I don't really watch that much other Pac-12 basketball. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, it depends on how they do in these uh, last few games, and then they go to the Pac-12 tournament, and, you know, hopefully everything goes well. What are the odds? What would you say the odds are for a win over Cal? Oh, I like the odds. I mean, it's on the road, and the road's always tough, but um, we're a lot better than they are. I'm going to say 70%. 70%? What's the chances that we beat a 17-9 and Stanford? Ooh, I think we're better than them, but they're also a lot better than Cal on the road. I'm going to say 55%. Okay. And what are the chances we beat Oregon State? Mm, They're going to be super fired up. Um, you know, they'll want to ruin our season. Um, they're going to play really tough defense. They can't score. We're uh-huh. the highest scoring team in the league. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to say 70%. Ooh, aggressive. So basically, if I'm doing my math correctly, which I'm not because I'm doing this in my head, that's about a 23% chance that we win all three of those games. Yeah, something like that. Which isn't terrible. So not a great chance, but there's a chance. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. Um, if Oregon wins two of those games, do you think they make the NCAA tournament? Uh, if they win two of those three, I think they need... To pick up at least a game in the Pac-12 tournament to have a shot, preferably two games. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I you look, I mean. They're third in the conference right now. They are. And if they go two and one, they'll almost assuredly finish at third in the conference. Uh-huh. Um. So they have that going for them. The conference isn't necessarily great. Mm-hmm. Um, their problem is they don't they don't have like a non-conference win you can look at and say, hey, that's a really good non-conference win. All right, um, they got a couple. Illinois, like, right. And Illinois is like a fellow bubble team. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, they've got the Utah win now. They split with UCLA, and UCLA is another bubble team. Mm-hmm. Um, they so played they close with Michigan, but that doesn't really count. It's not like close football. Count Michigan ain't all that good. So, well, they're ni- they're nineteen. Uh, Michigan's fourteen and thirteen. So, and they're number nineteen in the country. No, they're not. They were at the time Oregon. Oh, played. that's what I'm reading. Okay, never mind. Never mind. So. I I think that they've got a better than 50-50 shot of making the tournament Mm -hmm. at this point. Oh, don't forget their huge win over Concordia. Concordia. Oh, I can name all kinds of huge wins on this resume. Coppin State. You're not just talking Concordia. You're talking about Toledo and Coppin State. Portland. Don't forget that big Portland State win. Yep. Cal State Northridge, Delaware State. 
God, early season college basketball games are a joke. <laughs> like, who are these schools? Cal Irvine. Yeah. I've heard of those. <laughs> USC. Oh, wait, sorry. Um, anyway. So, yeah, it's... Uh... It's a big two weeks. I'm excited for the game. Actually, by the time this goes up, the Cal game will probably already have happened. Uh, perhaps. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get on maybe I'll get my shit together and uh, put it up on Wednesday morning. Yeah, unless you feel like really on the ball. So, man, I'm excited for that Cal game. And then Stanford, like Cal's late. It's at eight o'clock, so that means you can I can catch it. And what day is that? is that on Wednesday night? Yeah, it's on Wednesday night. Nice. Wednesday at 8. And then Stanford is Saturday at 4. Mm. Yeah. Alright, you want to switch gears and talk about the Combine? Sure. Um, I know nothing about the Combine because I don't watch guys run around in their underwear okay, what do you think football underwear. is but uh that's what football is it's like the tightest clothes ever yeah but they're like i said i don't watch guys run around i watch guys beat the hell out of each other not run around though oh, okay well <laughs> i watch i watch i watch uh big boy sec football oh god <laughs> i was waiting for that <laughs> all right so we'll just go through these player I mean, listings. I, 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 look, before we get started on this, just after all these years, I have a confession to make. You're, a, you're, you're not a Duck fan. What's the confession? Noel fan here. <laughs> Noel <laughs> fan here. The long con. Man, Jameis Winston. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why Jameis Winston is the number one pick. You don't have enough of a draw in that sentence. <laughs> First off, okay. And you sound way too sober. He ain't been convicted of nothing. Scoreboard, baby. That the the accuser was proven way more untrustworthy than than Jameis was. Jameis was just an innocent victim. We, I'm going to get in trouble if we go any further. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jake Fisher, offensive lineman. He jumped up a lot of people's boards, possibly into the first round. My One of my favorite shit talkers on the team. Uh, bench pressed 225, 25 times. His 40-yard dash was 5.01, which was the second fastest among uh, linemen. And That's four. Right. Fast for it. Yeah, he's like over 300 pounds, and he ran the 40 four hundredths of a second slower than Jameis Winston. Watching, there's like a simulcast of Jameis Winston running uh, over top of Marcus Mariota running, and it I was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, Mariota whooped his ass. It looked a lot like the Rose Bowl. Yeah, exactly. And then you had the second best vertical jump, the best three-cone drill, and the uh, best 20-yard shuttle among offensive linemen. So, dude's fast. And he's like 305 pounds. So, I mean, how that translates necessarily to 
the league is going to be interesting because, like, he'll be going against defensive ends as big as he is. But I think he definitely has the the athleticism and tools to pick everything up. So, uh, Grossi was there, didn't really do anything. He just, like, got measured. Uh, Marcus Mariota didn't do the bench, obviously, because he's a quarterback, and that means absolutely nothing, even more so than it means for, like, any other position. Um, 4.5240, uh, six fastest among all QBs at Combines uh, since 2003. 4.52 is really fast. Like, it's it's fast, and then it's really fast for a quarterback. He had the top three cone drill. Uh, he had the third best 20-yard shuttle, measured at 6'4", 222. Uh, apparently, he wowed everyone at the combine. Like, the best things that he did, like, apparently he was stellar in his interviews, was better than Russell Wilson, which is, like, crack to all these NFL guys who just are just butt-chugging the Russell Wilson Kool-Aid. Um, and then he threw really well. Like, it's so unusual to see a top quarterback throw at the combine because it's not their receivers that they're used to. It's a different place. Nothing's scripted. Like, they aren't prepared. Like, you see on, like, a fall Saturday. And there's another opportunity to throw on the pro day, which for Oregon is March 12th. And so it was so unusual to see Mario to opt into it. And he threw so well, impressed so many people. So, once again, Mario to killed it. But, I mean, who is surprised at all? Uh, Ifo Ekpreolomu said that he's going to be back playing in September. That's absolutely insane. Which is crazy because he had surgery eight weeks ago. Like, that turnaround. Modern medicine is unbelievable. It really is. That's so... He's like... He he missed the last two games. Like, he played the entire regular season and the Pac-12 championship game towards ACL and is going to be back by playing next year. Uh, Eric Armstead, how'd he do? 24 reps on bench, 5.1 on a 40, which I was kind of surprised by. That seemed really slow for him given how athletic he is. Uh, Like, for him, he's just such a combination. He's like a lean 292 pounds. Which is sounds a little ridiculous to say, but I mean he got he said he got a second round grade from the NFL before he decided to come out. I think he could have benefited more from one year going, but now he's slated as a first round draft pick. So what do I know? Because um, he has the talent to like totally take over games and blow people up, but what I don't think and if there's like a question mark about him it's how injury prone he is and how consistently he's able to perform at such an amazing level um because there there seemed to be times last season and we're getting super nitpicky at this point just because it's like a different standard when we're talking NFL but there were times in last year's games where he seemed to disappear that I don't think a team who's going to use their first-round pick would expect to get from their first-round pick. Like, when you have a first-round pick, like, that's got to be a value pick that works out for you. And it's really tough to pick one, to make a first-round pick and not have it work out. 
which is why the Redskins are so terrible, among other things. But like any team that sucks, yep. you know that they haven't drafted first round well. Cleveland Browns. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, they're apparently very interested in Mariota. Oh, oh God. They're, um, the Browns just hired a quarterback coach who's been working with Mariota. If if the Browns draft Mariota, I'm pouring one out on draft night. Really? His career, his career will be over. Tell me more. Why do you think so? It's, it's Cleveland. I can't think Look, of a... It, I honestly can't think of a worse city for him to land in. Like, Except maybe the, Detroit. It's the whole Joey Harrington... It's the whole Joey Harrington going to Detroit. Yeah. Like, what the Detroit organization was at that time... It's... It's... Being put in a position to not succeed. Mm-hmm. Um... That's why I think it's almost better to be drafted at the end of the first round. Oh, totally. Because you end up on a better team. Totally. You just and look. I mean, you you just need to end up in a place where there's a culture and there's mm-hmm. a plan. Um, Which is why the Redskins suck. Why the Cowboys suck. Like if I if I were. If I were an NFL general manager, and then cut, I'm not because you think the Browns are bad. <laughs> well, there's always the Jags. But I mean, it makes sense to me. Like you see all these people like reach. Everybody reaches for the first round quarterback. Like let's draft Bortles. Like you know, in the top five. Oh, that was I mean, a Jags move, which means it's basically an idiot. Idiot move. To me, I mean, it just seems really intuitive. Like, let's get a, you know, let's take a franchise left tackle. Let's, um, let's take a really like impact defensive lineman. Let's put let's put players around, and then go get a quarterback as opposed to just trying to get a quarterback when you don't really have anything else and mm-hmm. then your quarterback is just in a position to fail. Right, which is what the Buccaneers did and what the Texans have done. And what uh the Rams have been doing unintentionally. Well, I mean, been meaning it's... to draft uh everybody but a quarterback, but they just seem to believe that Sam Bradford's the guy, which is not I mean, correct. No, but I mean, look at it. I mean, Baltimore did it, mm-hmm. and that's how they they won. They won their first Super Bowl. Yeah, with that, um, Seattle did it. They oh, had all yeah. the other pieces together before they drafted Wilson. Yeah, and they even San had Francisco like Francisco did it. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of the good teams, Chip Kelly's done it in Philadelphia. Yeah. I think what's important um, to yeah, I think the 49ers is the best example of that because their defense and everything and their special teams were so strong that it really exceeded anything the offense was capable of doing. The Seahawks are definitely a byproduct of having awesome skill players, but their real story is 
how good they are at selecting free agents and draft picks and then signing them to very cheap long-term contracts. But I definitely believe that the 49ers are like the best example of building all the pieces around and then adding a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's the model. And so if you're a Mariota, you'd rather, obviously, you'd rather go to the Eagles. Yeah. That would be awesome. That would be must watch TV. Um, Yeah. Although I think, I don't think, obviously, Chip Kelly would like to go up and get him. But based on what they would have, they would have to give up way too much than Chip Kelly would ever give up. Yes, I agree. Um, I think I think people like to talk about it because it's sexy, but it's nice when you to think look things. up like how much of your team you have to gut to do that. It's you're putting all your eggs in one yeah. basket, basically, because you're basically with selling. Chip Kelly has the idea, like the... yeah, Chip Kelly doesn't need. He can get ninety percent of the player or like eighty percent of the player that Mariota is at twenty percent of the price. Moneyball. Yeah. So like that's his thing is he takes he takes receivers that fit like a very specific mold that are undervalued. He takes like player like Darren Sproles, who is a value pick. Uh he just is very good at deciding which players like exceed their market value. And then they don't waste like any money on people who don't feel what they're looking for, which is why it was probably so easy for him to cut Deshaun Jackson. Or not cut, but move on from Deshaun Jackson. Like he's got Nick Foles. That's not bad. Oh, he would love Nick Foles in college too. He always talked highly of Nick Foles in college. So when he could get Nick Foles at like a steep discount, that was such an obvious move for him. So I've got a combine question for you. Okay. I heard, I heard Hundley say he wanted to be the number one quarterback drafted. Then he should have waited another year. Out? He should have waited another year if that's what he felt. I mean, I think that's. On a serious note, I think that's the byproduct of having a lot of yes men around. You know what I mean? Like, you have friends or whatever like if you ever see the movie broke uh which is a 30 for 30 on how athletes like lose all their money four years after very good yeah and basically they they have a section where it talks about how your friends that you grew up with are like turn into yes men and their job is essentially to get money from you like you they're in your entourage but you're are you are their source of income so it becomes their job to make you feel better to get more money I think in this scenario, he has a lot of people around him telling him how awesome he is. Because he has a lot of, like, natural abilities. And he's got, like, the raw tools. And you can see, like, the real superstar quarterback there. But that's still, like, a couple years out. And that's what people are banking on. That's what people are seeing. And all his friends are saying, yeah, you're the best quarterback. You should be taken first. And it's like, yeah, I should be taken first. That's going to be my goal. And, I mean, he's just not, like, he could easily, in five, in three years, be, like, a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. He has all the tools to do it. He is just not there at this moment. So, and, like, that, the, 
the project aspect of him and the unknown is what will keep him from being a top the top quarterback taken because if you have a top five pick you cannot mess that up like that's such a high value pick and if and if you're if you're um convinced that quarterback is what you need to go over Mariota and and honestly Winston have both shown much more over their college careers than Hundley has they are much safer picks um I still think that I still think that Winston is an absolute head case. I think if if you draft Winston, though, like on paper, he's a much safer pick. I think if you draft Winston, you are totally, you are accepting the risks. You are assuming the risks that he will not be in the league in four years. Yeah. I mean, skill-wise, if you just look at like, hey, like, I get the whole people saying like, hey, he makes the NFL throw that Mariota hasn't been Oh, for pick. sure. That's 100% correct. 100%. Um, it's between the ears. Oh yeah. And I look at it. If I have a billion dollar franchise, do I want to make the next five years? Do I want to pin the next five years of my billion dollar franchise to Jameis Winston? Mm-hmm. Do I feel comfortable doing that? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Right. There was a scout that was quoted anonymously saying, "I don't know how you can even let him inside the building." Like, if you see how much trouble he was able to get into, allegedly, in uh, Tallahassee with, like, the Tallahassee police basically babysitting the football team, imagine what he's going to do in a major city with all that money and fame. Like, he's going to start making more responsible decisions? No. That's not how it works. So, I mean... Going to see him in person and see him live when he was at the Rose Bowl, it was really like the first time you had seen, okay, like you knew he was a good quarterback based on like what everybody was saying. You can see him making throws and he won a lot, but it wasn't until like he was throwing like 19 yard smash routes like on the run where it was like, oh my God, this is like, those are NFL throws. Like those are throws that we haven't seen Marcus make. But going back to your point, it's like, do you want to take the player who's going to have like the most marketable position and use your first overall pick to take a guy that is so volatile. And like even look back to the Johnny Manziel scenario. Like he's now in rehab. A scout said that his greatest strength is that he always felt he could get out of something. But his greatest weakness is he always felt he could get out of something. Yeah. And so, like, I really think, like, the confidence in a way, like, near arrogance that Winston has and that, like, has allowed him to, like, recover from mistakes, make, like, incredibly difficult throws, um, deal very well with adversity on the field. Those same traits are what's kind of screwing him up off the field. So, Agreed. He doesn't, he doesn't have... He didn't have any fear of consequences. Mm-hmm. And he looks really fat right now. <laughs> like, I remember I saw a picture of him on Twitter, like, a week ago. And I was like, whoa. How are you... How, how is that your physique when you're about to go to a literal meat market? 
All right, moving on. Tony Washington, linebacker. Uh, ran a 5.02.40. Not fantastic, but he's probably like uh, an outside linebacker and a 3.4. Um, like the run-stopping side, not the quicker side. Or he's a down defensive end and a 4.3. Um, he's probably a linebacker, to be honest. He's like 247. Um, he did have a fast like three cone and twenty yard, uh, but he had the lowest, the slowest sixty yard shuttle time, which is not great. Um, Troy Hill though, really impressive four five five thirteen fastest uh, CB, um, seventh best three cone drill, um, one of the uh, NFL scouts said that. Uh, Troy Hill uh, had a really solid uh, combine. You know, I think he did a lot of good for himself, especially leading up to the pro day. So, like, the next big event for all of these NFL guys is the pro day. And it works a lot like the combine, where it's uh, 40 agility drills, um... But the biggest advantage that it is to certain players is it's such a controlled environment. Like, everything is going to be so scripted, like, down to the second of where they're going to be, what they're going to be doing at certain times, and it allows them to, like, show the NFL their skills on their terms. So Mariota's going to be throwing to his receivers. Um, Like the players are going to be doing their drills. So this is like the best case scenario for them to look as good as possible. Um, So that's March 12th. Uh, That should be a big day. And also they can take like the things that they saw in the combine that they didn't do well and improve on it and show that they can make adjustments to the NFL coaches. Because this is going to be like as close to like an NFL practice as they can get before the actual draft. So I've got a question for you. Okay. Like some of these drills, like the cone drill, like what is the, what on earth is this supposed to measure? How is it, how how did it supposedly translate to anything that actually happens? Okay, yeah. So there's like the vertical jump, which tests basically explosiveness. It's basically a test of how explosive you are because you're going from like a near standstill. The broad jump does like the same thing, but it tests like horizontal jumping rather than to, like, uh, vertical jumping. Um, The 40-yard dash tests basically how fast you accelerate. So, like, because you aren't necessarily able to get up to full speed by 40. You kind of can. But it's really how fast you get through, like, the first 10 to 15 yards. Like, the first five steps are pretty determining of the entire, um, how the entire run is going to go. So that's, like, way more important for, like, receivers, running backs, and defensive backs. Uh, Like, the bench press, that isn't... Some people think it's a test of strength. It's actually a test of muscular endurance. Because once you hit up, like, 15 reps, that's endurance at that point, not strength. Uh, What else is there? So the three-cone drill is... My question is if that's the pro shuttle or if that's like the L drill. Um, 
Let me look this up real quick. Okay, so the three-cone drill I'm going to assume is an L drill. So the three-cone drill is set up to test agility and starting and stopping and making corn, making turns. Uh, so you'll run to one cone, switch back, run back to the original cone, run around in an L, loop around the third cone, go back to the second, and then back in uh, to the first cone. So you end up where you started. That tests agility, up foot speed, acceleration, deceleration, um, 20 yard shuttle is the, also known as the pro shuttle that's lateral quickness side to side 60 yard shuttle is kind of like a sprint endurance um, so they all test like different different traits you would expect to see so for linebackers pro shuttle is more important three cone drill is more important DB's vertical jump 40 linemen um, like the first 10 seconds of their 40 yard is really important. Their bench press, but like for the bench press, you just need to hit like a certain number. Like if you hit 35 as a lineman and 45 as a lineman, people don't view that as something like that's a make or break, like compared to someone who runs like a 4.340 and a 4.540. They just want to see that you hit like a certain level, basically. Um, and then one of the most important things is that it just shows how. Uh, the or the ability of someone to essentially get ready for something, like how well they're able to prepare, because the combine tests don't change at all year to year. So you know, like the players know exactly what each station is going to look like, what like what each test is going to look like. So if someone comes in like very unprepared or does very poor in one of the events, it shows like that they can't prepare for something. So. That's one of the biggest things that they want to see. It's just that you can prepare for something. So, because I mean, there's a lot of players who didn't have good combines. There's a lot of really good players that didn't have good combines. There's a lot of really bad players who had amazing combines, also known as like workout warriors. Because like their numbers are just un unbelievable. So, then they have like specific position drills and everything just to show off like... Your skill is very specific, um, but basically they're looking for people who have red flags. They're seeing if people can prepare and if they have like the bare minimum necessary skills, or if anybody just absolutely blows people out of the water. That that, makes, does that make sense? Makes sense. Ah. So. Uh. Uh, anything else going on right now? I mean, we got some baseball going on. Ducks beat Portland tonight. Move up to eight and one. Yeah, baseball is uh, just played anyone too. Man, I thought baseball. I thought baseball would take so much longer to get good. Like we started that baseball team, and I was just thinking, man, it's going to be a few years. Nope. Yeah, good right away. <laughs> nope. Right away. Yeah, we're good at pretty much everything. <laughs> We could just if we could just get the women's basketball team in order, which I think will happen. Oh my god! Um, we'd be good at everything. Women's basketball. I give uh, I give Graves a pass on this year. It takes some time to move on from that clusterfuck of what uh what they were trying to run under Westhead to actual real basketball. That was a really nice way of putting it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I but just don't know. What's funny is I, is I, is I tweeted that, 
one time and you can see who favorites your tweets. Yeah. Those are my exact words. Like, yeah, I'll give I'll give I'll give Graves a pass this year. I think he'll get it done. It takes time to switch from the clusterfuck Westhead run to actual basketball and Graves favorited that tweet. Did he actually? Yeah. <laughs> You're basically famous now. That's so no, funny. I, I, I think it's just funny that like <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. Like, I love seeing... It's basically like a tacit agreement of my statement. Yeah, just like nodding silently and favorites it. It's so... It's so funny, like... Because... Like, writing for Addicted to Quack Week, we don't necessarily... We obviously don't do this to become... To become, like, these famous writers or anything. Um, No, we don't. Or to make big money. I know that's why you do it, but... (laughs) Oh, yeah, the big bucks. (laughs) Um, And it's just like... It's just still kind of still kind of has like that blogger label or whatever, fair or unfair, and it's always so weird when like our posts kind of interact with people on the actual like team or organization. Like I remember a few years ago, someone wrote an article and like photoshopped in Casey Matthews and Sp- Spencer Pacinger into the scenes in Pulp Fiction, and yes. they ended up having like a full dialogue about the article. Or there was like a. I wrote an article about Eric Armstead before this season, and like a bunch of his family members started retweeting it. Yeah, and it was so weird because I'm just like sitting here writing this or whatever, and thinking like it it might get 40 comments or whatever, and like some people who like actually are in the story that I wrote about read it. There was, I mean, there's been a lot of weird things over the It's been it's it's been an interesting ride. I mean, I. Remember, I when I when I started this, I had no expectation or thought of that like anybody would actually want to read anything I wrote because who the hell am I? Like I'm just obviously you're a big deal. Obviously, I'm a big deal, and um, for for me, it was it was the second football season I was covering, and I I was coaching high school basketball at the time, and I I go to shake the other coach's hand before the game, and he says, "Hey, aren't you the addicted to quack guy?" And that was for me like the moment of like, oh my god, like people actually read this. And, yeah. Um, you know, here we are all these years later, and you know we're pulling in three million visits a year, and um, there, there's definitely no doubt that people actually read this. Still, sometimes to my surprise. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh... I remember, like, after I did my first article for Addicted to Quack, I got text messages from people that were like, oh, you're big time now. Apparently, it's, like, a big yeah, thing. Yeah. Although, some people move on to, like, E-Deck or uh, 24-7 or whatever. But Addicted to Quack is taken somewhat seriously for some reason. We should not be taken seriously at all. No. Um, no, you should not. But I, but I also, I mean, I think, I think that's been kind of the, the, the secret or not so secret, um, to our success over the years is that we don't, we don't take it. I mean, obviously we, we, we work very hard at it and, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're, we're very thoughtful, I think in our dialogue in our discourse, um, very, very thoughtful in that 
we're, we're not sinking to the lowest common denominator of the internet that I feel so many, especially sports blogs. Oh my god, it's uh, so terrible. But I think the bottom line is, and, and what truly has been the secret to our success and, and our community and everything is that it's it's sports it's supposed to be fun uh we don't take ourselves too seriously um because these are games you know it's 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 we love this team we we spend obviously way too much time on it but in the end it's a game and and you wake up the next morning and your life is exactly the same as it was the day before um and and no matter how it's going if you're not having fun with it then, then why are you even a sports fan to begin with? Like, mm-hmm. what's, what's the point? Um, and I, I, I think that just not losing sight of that, and and expecting that not just from ourselves, but from everybody who interacts with our community, um, is, is really the reason why it's been such a great place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the aspect of community has been like the strongest part. Like, we talked about this before, but it was, uh, like, I always kind of read Addicted to Quack, like, even back when I was starting, but I didn't really start, like, partaking in the community until my first year of college, which wasn't at Oregon. I was on the other side of the country, and I found myself, like, missing duck sports so much that I ended up being on the site, like, all the time. And it was, like, the easiest way to connect uh, with other duck fans, because I was at a school... Where, like, they didn't even care about college football that much. Because we're a bunch of nerds. Uh, so, that was, like, how I really got ingrained in the Addicted to Quack thing. And I think it's, like, it's its strongest asset is, like, the community. So, all you commenters, you really make this website what it is. You do. I mean, it's... Um... Certainly, I, I never thought I'd be doing this for nine years when I when I started it. Um, and yeah, think of all the other things you could have been doing. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's really. I mean, I, I said it on my farewell post. Um, you know, I I've put a lot into it, but I've gotten so much more than that from uh, just what what how great the community's been and and what the community has given to me. Um, and it's. You know, it's it's kind of a bittersweet moment for me because, you know, and I, I I put almost a decade of my life into this, and it's it's been so much fun to see it grow and see it um, become what it's become. It's 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 beyond what I ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there just also comes a time in your life where. Look, I mean, I, I, I have, I have three kids. I've been my oldest kid seven, and I, I've had this blog, blog longer than I've had him for. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I've made this work for so many years, but while working and being a father and a husband and coaching multiple high school sports, and um, you know, like I said, doing a lot to kind of make it work, and th- there just comes a time when. I, I, I think there are um, people with, you know, 
just as much passion and energy and, and great ideas um, who, who maybe don't have to sacrifice so much to make it work. And, um, you know, I, I, it was just, it was just time. Mm -hmm. It was just time. So, well, if, uh, if Washington wins next year, we know who to blame. Yeah. Uh, so if Washington wins next year, um, Sean Larson lives in Seattle, Washington <laughs> and, um, torches, pitchforks, Etc. 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 Yeah, <laughs> we will caravan up to Seattle. In all seriousness, um, you know Sean's gonna do a great job. Oh yeah, in that role. Um, I, look, I, I'll I'll still have authorship privileges. I'm not gonna promise anything uh, on a regular basis, but I'll I'll poke my head through from time to time just to, you know, give you guys some. Everybody, everybody still going to be around it the place is still going to be awesome the community is still going to be awesome mm -hmm. um you know it's I, I i i don't expect this to um you know i don't expect there to be anything um really massive or earth shattering coming out of this mm -hmm. it's it's going to be the same awesome place as it's always been. So, um, and and that's part of why I feel so comfortable being able to make this. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So good times for all. Mm hmm. Um, it 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 is. It is a bit of a bummer that I won't be potting with you anymore. Yeah, um, but you're not dead. So. I'm not dead. No. Um. <laughs> And for uh, those of you that listen to this show, uh, you're going to find another co-host and continue to sling the quack. Yeah, so you have to deal with me and somebody else now. So lucky you. <laughs> and um, that's about it. Anything else you want to say for the good of the order, sir? I've got an outro song queued up. Uh-oh. Dedicated to you. Oh, no. All right. Well, with that said... Um, David Piper, Rusty Ryan, Sling and Quack. And I ain't going to talk to y'all next week. Nah. Oh, yeah. Joker the Thief, get down with your bad self. It's like we're clapping it out at Autzen right now. Clap it out. Great job, Dave. You killed it. Last nine years. Killed it. All right, see you guys next week. I'm running the show now. Peace. Yeah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.